0: Hey sis, welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes, Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself. So I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. joining me. My name is Tari Kaya Allen, and I am a speaker and author of a book out that I have called Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. And what I do is teach, millenni- teach millennial moms how to gain confidence in who they are as a mother and how to build healthy relationships with their children. So if you're somebody that did not come from an example of healthy motherhood or healthy home, then you are in the right place. We come here and share different topics and tips on how to navigate and survive and make it through this motherhood journey. Because if you are a mom or have had any experience with a mom, then you know that this journey is not easy. It is hard. We are not here to become um, perfect parents. We are here to be progressing parents. That is our overall mission of this monkey Keys Mental Peace platform. And I must say myself, I feel like my makeup is popping today. <laughs> so pat on the backs to me because I've come a long way in my makeup journey. So I am feeling it today. I just have to say, <laughs> all right, so let's jump into today's topic. All right. Um, the title of today's topic is the powerful impact of generational patterns. The powerful impact of generational patterns. So, um, if you're a millennial or on social media or whatever, there has definitely been a wave about, you know, generational health, generational wealth, generational curses and patterns. Um, I feel like there's more awareness behind the whole generational impact. Um, that it can have on our lives today and how we show up with our finances, with our children and our family. So I just kind of wanted to touch on my experience um, with generational patterns and try to give you some tips and notes on things that will help you um, to identify your generational patterns and things that you may have experienced in your life and how you facing those things head on can help you to create a more positive and healthy generational pattern for your family and your kids today. Okay. So what is a generational pattern? A generational pattern is personality traits or patterns that are passed down from parent to child over time. Okay. Um, and those patterns can be positive patterns or negative patterns. So, um, Something as simple as a positive pattern that can be passed down is your family's ability to speak well or read well or educational. I know there are some families where it's just like everybody has some form of um intelligence or education behind them, so maybe that's a positive pattern or it can be something negative, which I will say is more so in the forefront um when we think of generational patterns, maybe drinking or cheating, or lying, and things like that, or more of a negative way, or abuse is a, ge- a generational pattern that you may have experienced. So again, it can go either way, positive patterns or negative patterns. And our goal is to create more positive patterns um, mm-hmm. with our families so that they can start passing those patterns down to their children and their grandchildren. Um, this whole wave and move of generational patterns is bigger than us. It's bigger than us. It goes all the way to our grandchildren. Okay. And Exodus chapter 20, verse five proves that lineage and how deep this goes for generational patterns. Um, I'm not sure the context of this scripture. Um, I know Exodus, the whole chapter of Exodus is um, based on the children of Israel and Moses trying to, you know, bring them out into the new land and all of the drama and struggles that he had to go through <laughs> to get them out there. So that's kind of like the backdrop of where the scripture comes from. But again, in Exodus 20, verse five, it says, I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. So this goes back to what I was saying, you know, how these patterns and things that we are going through, God is saying that the sins that we are dealing with, the struggles that we are dealing with, the temptations and things, it goes further than us to the third and fourth generation. So that's your great, great grandkids, your great, great, great grandkids. And I don't know about you, but I definitely do not want (laughs) my grandkids or great grandkids to be dealing with things that my family has been dealing with negatively for years on years on years. And that can speak to where we are in our journey as mothers. There are possibly some things that you are dealing with right now, some struggles and some sins that you are dealing with right now, and you are the third or fourth generation in your family that is having to deal with that or um, address that issue. Okay, so I personally... I want to pass on more positive things than to continue the negative things three and four generations down the line. That's, that's just not what we're looking for. Okay. And then Exodus 20 goes on to say, um, in verse six, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Again, this is God, um, speaking to the children of Israel about his commands on generations. So that's the type of generational impact I want to have to where thousands of generations are being lavished by God's unfailing love because I made a decision to obey him and his commands and make some positive changes in my family today. It is possible, y'all. It's hard. <laughs> it will be a lot of work. And honestly, this is something that... um. I've had to think about and deal with. There are some things that we may change in a positive way that we don't see the fruit of while we're here on earth. So you can be making those positive changes and implementing these um, you know, new things that you're learning with your children and your family, but you may still see your kid, I don't know, being ratchet or your kid goes another way that you aren't expecting. But possibly a seed that you planted or something that you have, said or taught your child, they could teach their kids and their grandkids. And it can that one seed can flourish into a whole forest of a positive generational change. And the best example that I can think of for that is Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, just think about his speech on Black and white children being in school together, um, all the racial changes. Now, granted, we still have a long way to go, but we have also come a long way. And some of those things that he preached about and spoke about and advocated for, he was not here on earth to see. So sometimes that may be the case. Um, and we have to be okay with that and know that, you know, if you're not seeing the fruit right now, the generation of fruit for the changes that you're making, it's okay. As long as that seed is planted, baby, the Lord can do what he needs to do with it to make that forest flourish for your family. Um, So similar to your medical history, you know how things can be passed down like high blood pressure, diabetes, certain mental health issues is the same way that those generational patterns and personality traits are passed down too. That DNA and blood is a powerful, powerful thing. You hear me? <laughs> so it doesn't matter how far back it goes. We still have some form of our ancestors' blood flowing through us some of their ways and things that they have dealt with, even though we've never spoken to some of these people before, never interacted with them before or ever heard their story, they still make up who we are today from your mama and daddy's side that came together. All of the people behind them are combined in who you are today. And everything that you're going through, most likely is some of the things that they've dealt with and did not address or did not overcome. And some things are probably better for you because of the steps that they did take to overcome and make better steps and changes for your family line, okay? And I just want you to keep in mind, you know, with the whole generational patterns and curses and this, that, and the third, patterns are not permanent. Patterns are not permanent. If you don't like the way the pattern of your family is currently, you have the power to change that. Patterns are not permanent to last forever. You have the power to change it. Will it take some work? Yes. Will it be hard? Yes. Will you have to be intentional? Yes. But it's not impossible. And the patterns that you have picked up and have learned so far are not permanent if they are, you know, negative patterns that you do not agree with or that you don't want to pass on to your children and grandchildren. All right. So to go into this whole generational pattern thing, I will share, you know, my story and my experience, which um, I definitely share and go in more detail about in my book um, in chapter three for mom's story, my mom's story. And I will have to say that is um, one of my favorite chapters in Mom Keys to Mental Peace. Um, one of the most vulnerable chapters of me, you know, sharing my background story and things that I've dealt with. So um my mom originally was adopted as a, a newborn baby she was just um a few months old and she was adopted by my grandmother here in um North Carolina but her biological mom is from New York So my mom was born second out of 9 children and it was her and two other children that her biological mom gave up for adoption So my biological grandmother recently just passed away um, during this Thanksgiving season. And I don't think I ever met her before. I don't have a memory in my adult life um, or my child life um, of meeting her before. So I don't know what she's like. I don't know how she is. I've never interacted with her. Um, I hardly know her story. The only thing I know is, you know, she had nine children, (laughs) which I cannot imagine being pregnant nine times. So rah-rah and kudos to her. Um, And that she did give up um, three of them for adoption. So, you know, with her passing, I was able to speak to some of my aunts, you know, about her story and the funeral and take a look at her obituary. But I had no clue that my grandmother um, had my mom when she was only 16 years old. And keep in mind, my mom was her second baby. At that time. So again, I never met my biological grandmother, don't have any memory of her at all. But here I am today, her blood granddaughter who had my son. I was pregnant at 16 years old, 12 years ago. This is a generational thing. My mom had my sister young as a teenager, my sister had her baby young as a teenager. So this teen pregnancy clearly is a generational pattern in my family that I would like to stop in its tracks today. Was it, you know, hard being a teen mom? Yes, it was. Am I grateful that my son is here? Absolutely. He's uh, the best thing that could have happened to me. So happy that he is here. Um, At the same time, do I want my kids to be teen parents? No, I want them to enjoy their teen years of life. I want them to enjoy their adulthood until they meet their husband or their wife um, and they plan to have their family and grow. That's what I want. So I plan on implementing conversations and expectations and all the things to teach my children that, hey, we have to break this generational curse of teen pregnancy it is something that is adamant in our family. No, I did not speak to my biological grandmother to even know that. But when I found out that little piece um, of her story, it kind of made me feel a part of her like, wow, we've never met or talked or anything. But that generational pattern still showed up in my life <laughs> 12 years ago when I became pregnant with my son. OK, um. so, yes, my mom was adopted as a baby and. I share this in my book, but um, my mom dealt with a lot of feeling of abandonment and I appreciate my mom for sharing her story um, about being adopted. Okay. She um, definitely dealt with some abandonment issues and dealt with um, not really having close connections or relationships with family members or friends or other people, just having a hard time connecting with relationships. And um, she also struggled with, you know, constantly searching for validation and acceptance of her worth because she has shared with me, you know, plenty of times and my mom is in her 60s and still to this day, she has the question, you know, why was I adopted? Why did my mom give me away? Why did she keep everyone else and, and give me away? And um, I've done some research, you know, on the effects of adoption and how, what it looks like in your adult life. And a lot of times they say, you know, adults deal with that, that fear of rejection and worthlessness, um, who have been adopted if they can't wrap their mind around the why. And there's so many situations in our lives, y'all, that sometimes we'll just never know the answer. But, you know, I, I choose to see my biological grandmother's heart that, you know, she was a teenager at the time. And my grandmother who raised my mom was not able to have kids. It was her and um, her husband, my grandfather. They were not able to have kids. So with my biological grandmother, you know, giving my mom to them, my mom was a blessing to my grandmother who raised me. She was, you know, more than loved, more than accepted. But there was still this inclination of, you know, that feeling of abandonment and not belonging, And that, you know, yearning for her biological mother. So definitely I experienced some of these exact same feelings and I'm not adopted. I know my biological mama, we look just alike. (laughs) She raised me. I know where I came from, but I definitely have um, dealt with feelings of abandonment, um, feelings of not really having much of a close connection with the people in my own home or feeling awkward to have certain conversations. I will never forget as a child, you know, I used to feel awkward saying, I love you to somebody, to my mom or to my dad. Like it just made me feel so cringy and uncomfortable. And as I did my research, you know, on adoption and feeling of abandonment and things, I was able to see some of those same characteristics in myself. Again, this is the power of generational patterns for me to not be adopted and have those same feelings and thoughts and experiences just goes to show how powerful and how deep those generational patterns can run and show up in our lives um on top of you know dealing with searching for validation and acceptance i definitely um dealt with this you know in my younger Years of life. I feel like I have overcome that now. There are still some moments I have where, you know, I have to check myself. (laughs) I'm aware of, you know, the feeling of, well, do they like me or did they like this? Or, um, definitely I saw a lot of examples of, you know, buying designer clothes and foreign outfits and, you know, just flashy materials to attach to your worth or even relationships, being with a man to, um validate your worth as a woman or as a wife. These are things that I saw and things that I dealt with in my teenage years, um, in my childhood years. And I'm so grateful that I was able to pinpoint those things and self-reflect and put a plan in place on how I can overcome those. And I pray to God that I do <laughs> everything that I can um for my children to avoid feeling that way. There's no child in the world who should feel like they're not connected to the people who live in their own house. That is not something that I want to deal with. Um, and it is something that I felt my motherhood journey was pushing towards with my younger son, um, Jameer. There were times where we would be in the house together and not really say anything or not talk. And that was kind of my relationship with my mom. In the same house, she's in her room, I'm in mine, not really much conversation. And um Again, it wasn't until I I realized her story that she simply did not have the tools or know how to create those connecting moments because of the generational patterns and hurt that she was dealing with. Now, I would love to know my biological grandmother's story. Did she deal with feelings of abandonment? Did she deal with feelings of um, having to attach herself to things and people for validation? I'm pretty sure that she did. Um, and unfortunately she has passed away, but I would like to make it a priority to connect with my family, um, in New York, my aunts and uncles who did grow up with her to learn more of her story, because the more of her story that I know, the more I can understand my mom's story. And the more I can understand my story and show up for my kids and we can create and rewrite this thing for us and for their kids. Okay. Um, So another thing that we dealt with as far as, you know, our generational patterns is our whole weight, (laughs) fitness, and health. So most of my family is obese. (laughs) If I sit and think about it, like mom and dad side, we got some, some thick people, you hear me? Okay. And I actually dealt with, you know, concerns and things of weight and eating disorders and things as far back that I can remember as four years old, y'all. Four years old. And that just, whew, that just hurts my heart to to think of and to say out loud. So, and what do I mean by that? So when I was four, um, you know, McDonald's as a kid and stuff is popping. So I would get my kids meal, but I would get the chicken nuggets and the burger. And I would sit and eat both of them, unapologetically. And my parents would buy it for me. And this was on like a regular basis. So I didn't realize um, that my overeating was connected to um, a missing connection with family and relationships. And the overeating was to try to fill that space. I didn't know that until um, there's a book that I read the emotionally unattached mother, and it kind of pointed that out how you know your relationship with your mom can be related to uh, connected to like your weight and your eating habits and eating disorders. So that was a huge revelation for me once I was able to pinpoint that. I watched my mom and dad both do the start and stop of the whole fitness goals and working out and eating healthy. Y'all, when I say we had a whole home gym at our house as a kid like the treadmill, we had the ab lounge, the balls, the weights, and nobody used it. <laughs> nobody used anything. I can remember being down there playing on that stuff. Dangerous. Nobody watching me, but nobody used it. So, that's just something um that I had to keep in mind for my family. That is a generational pattern that I would like to change for my children. I would like health and fitness to be second nature to us. It's not um, can I do it today or will I do it today? It's a priority. I would like that to be the case. a priority for our health and fitness in our family. Now, have I completely arrived to the health and fitness journey? No, but I'm taking those steps um to move towards that way. My children see me and and their dad on um, you know workout. We talk about healthy foods to eat. Now, they may not always be on board for it, but we're having those conversations and we're being that example of what a healthy lifestyle looks like. I personally am so proud and happy of, um, I have a brother and sister on my dad's side who both still live up north. They struggle with weight just like I did. I mean, largely obese. Um, both of them have had like weight loss surgeries and things like that to try to get the weight off. But just recently, um, my older sister, she did like a 75 day workout challenge, um, has made a completely, um, excuse me. (laughs) She has made a completely different lifestyle change for her fitness and health goals. And I had to let her know just this week, like, you know, I'm proud of you to see you change that generational pattern that we have faced so long of overeating and being overweight and obese. I'm so proud to see her change. And I'm so proud to have watched the journey and to know, you know, what she was dealing with and how hard it is to show up for yourself and to do a complete change of what you're used to seeing my brother as well. Now he did have the surgery um, to lose weight, but again, you have to maintain that stuff. You still have to eat healthy. You still have to work out. And I'm proud of him as well for making that generational change for himself and for his family. Because again, I know exactly what it was like. <laughs> I was right there too. I saw the examples. Their blood is flowing in my blood. We've got the same ancestral connection. So this is definitely something that we are breaking as a family. And this generation and in this year, and I'm excited and happy about that for my family. Um, another generational pattern that my family has is um the generational finance mindset. So I've just recently shared a meme about, you know, being careful about what you're saying around your kids about money. Um so certain comments like, I'll never have enough to afford that, or we never have money, or we always broke. Those statements your kids are around and listening to. So that's your money mindset and your money conversation to your kids. They're most likely going to pick up on that and most likely have that same money mindset as well. Again, um, you know, as a family, we are all connected to ancestral backgrounds. So Maybe our great-great-grandmothers or great-great-grandfathers, whoever had a different mindset about money. And you have to think back then in that time um, in the African-American community, they were most likely slaves with no type of ownership or money or educational value, who knows? But that really does matter for how we're showing up today and our mindset for money and what we're seeing. So I will say that, you know, I had a pretty good example, a good base example of money, maybe. Um, I feel like my family, especially on my dad's side, is very goal and business oriented. Like that's the hustling side of the family over there. Um, Multiple family members have businesses, um, different ways of, you know, generating money, great jobs to where they're making money. So I'm grateful that I was able to see that. Um, in my family, and I feel like I have some of those good work ethics as well. I always saw my parents, both of them and family, you know, go to work and pay their bills. That's something that I saw. There was nobody at the house, not doing nothing. People were out. People were working. People were making money. So I'm grateful that I was able to pick up that generational pattern from my family that, Hey, we're going to get this bag. We're going to get this money and we're going to pay these bills. And that's something that I would like to pass on to my kids. So again, that goes back to the beginning. You know, there are some positive generational patterns. And I feel like that's a positive one because there are people out here who will choose to go on a trip or go shopping or something over their bills. There are people out here who don't go to work or feel like they can just, you know, skate by and praying day by day to, you know, make it and no really work ethic. So I'm grateful that I was able to see an example of great work ethic and priorities in place when it came to money and bills and things like that. Now, on the flip side, (laughs) for the whole finance generational pattern thing, I saw money being splurged. I saw money being splurged on food, designer clothes, foreign cars, and things like that. And the example um of money that I saw was that you can spend it on, you know, what you like, the things you want, because you're always gonna make some more. So I didn't really see saving habits. I didn't really see budgeting habits. <laughs> I didn't really see habits for how to plan for the future. It was just, hey, if this is what you want, go ahead out there and get it. You'll make that money back. But I'm grateful that, you know, And this is what I plan to teach my children, how to save. Y'all, this was my best savings year ever. Um, I didn't start getting serious about my money and finances until about three years ago. And um, it was from listening to certain podcasts, reading books on money and finances, and just gaining that knowledge that I did not have and did not receive from my family. So I plan to pass those patterns on to my children. I want my children to know how to save money. I want my children to know how to budget and make reasonable purchases and pri- and how to make reasonable purchases. And that purchase is based on, you know, stunting on people or um, trying to show off or validation, but making smart decisions with their money, Um, making good investments. Now, I haven't got to that level of money yet, you know, as far as when it comes to investing and things like that. But when I do, take a note to my playbook to pass on to my children. Again, this is bigger than me. This is even bigger than my kids. I want them to teach their grandchildren. When I have all this money and stuff to what? Well, excuse me, not just me, me and my husband, my family as a whole, when we pass these things on to our children and grandchildren, I want it to be managed well. I cannot tell you how many times there's been situations where Um, An inheritance has been passed, but those kids didn't have any type of money knowledge or money skills. So everything was splurged or lost or sold or given away. I want my kids and grandkids to know how to manage and how to upkeep the finances as well. So this is something I plan on implementing to them. Um, And I also, so, okay, so this goes back to what I was saying, you know, like, oh, you'll just get more money. That live in check to check, paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. That's what I saw. I'm breaking that. <laughs> I do not want a paycheck to paycheck lifestyle for myself. And I do not want that for my kids in the future. I want us to have more than enough funds. I want us to have an overflow of funds. And I want to teach them how to do that by doing the things I need to do now so that it's automatically ingrained and passed on to them and a new pattern that's starting with us, all right? Um, my overall goal is to leave behind an inheritance for my grandchildren. That That's what I'm on. So how can we break um, these negative cycles, these negative patterns? How can you show up in a positive way for your kids? So the first thing to do is kind of what I shared in, um, earlier about you know taking inventory and learning my grandmother's story You have to reflect on your childhood and your family history. You have to find the root of the problem, okay? So for example, for me, my whole thing with teen pregnancy, um, that generational pattern, I did not know that my biological grandmother was a teen mom. So I have pinpointed that um, childhood history to her. And that is something that I will implement and be more intentional about with my kids we will talk about sex. <laughs> we will talk about you know how to make those decisions when you're in that situation with a young man or a young lady. We will talk about protection. We will talk about living your best life and how having a kid too soon can strip that away from you. And yes, you know I'm living my life, still moving and doing things alone, but I want my kids to have a chance to be kids, to be a teenager, to be a young adult without having to be a mom. I've been a mama since I was 16 years old. That's (laughs) a long time. And again, I've shared this before. When I look at 16 year olds today, I just have to uh, hug myself and shake my head like, girl, you were a baby, a baby, thinking you were a whole grown woman out here. No, no, no. So again, how to break that cycle. The first step is to reflect on your childhood and family history. Figure out the root of the problem. So whether it's relationships, finances, health and fitness, whatever the case may be, um, take inventory on your childhood and review those, um, that family history. After you um, pinpoint what your grandmama, granddaddy and all of them did, now it's time to look at yourself. You can't sit and blame them (laughs) for how your life is um, forever. Because at some point we start making our own decisions. So you have the choice and decision to do what they kept doing or to stop and do something different. All of that is up to you. After you pinpoint what that history is, you have to self-reflect, figure out what your triggers are um, and figure out how you can break those cycles and start new ones. And the last step you can do is make a plan to change those family patterns. So you may have to start reading some books You may have to start doing some research. You may have to start going to counseling and doing these things to unlearn the habits that you have learned over time, however old you are, and to learn new ways. There's no way that you can move forward, reach any type of goals, see any type of change in your life if your mindset is still the same. It all starts up here first and then it flows out into the earth Um through you in other ways, okay? All right, so that is all that I have for you all today. Thank you all for tuning in. If you're catching the replay, thank you for you know checking in on your girl and getting this good word, this good content. Um, I appreciate you all for tuning in. If anyone is interested in purchasing a book, I do have some on hand. On Instagram, you can click the link in my bio and on Facebook, I'll leave the link in the comments on here. Um, I will have cookies for sale this week. I bake every Wednesday, so inbox me. I have um, Christmas cookie special going on. I have Christmas cookie gift certificates that you can purchase um, to share as a gift as well. All right, I pray y'all have a good night. I will see you all next week. All right, bye.